I'm I'm Tracy, and um, I'm a counselor at Holy Family Counseling Center. And this is Alethea, and she is also a therapist there. And um, we both see clients at the Swanee office, and I also see clients here in Athens. And Alethea actually sees a lot of clients at the Georgia Tech Catholic Center down there too. So um, tonight we're here to talk a little bit about stress and anxiety and it's a topic I'm sure you already already know what stress and anxiety are so I guess we're also going to talk a little bit about things that you can do when you are feeling over stressed and too much anxiety so Aletha is going to get us started um, well leading up to this uh, presentation I have felt incredibly anxious since Monday um, so it's been a nice refresher as to um, what it's like to have it. Um, because anxiety is thrown around as a blanket term. It's a general feeling of worry. It's a nervousness or an uneasiness. Anxiety is a response to an upcoming event where we don't know the outcome. Now I'm going to say that again. Anxiety is a response to an upcoming event where we don't know the outcome. Everyone experiences anxiety, and we all deal with it differently. We all experience it in varying forms because we don't know if there is danger, and if that danger is real. This is a very common thing. Anxiety can be a good thing, believe it or not. Let's say you are, like me, preparing to give a presentation, or you have finals coming up and you're having to study. That anxiety gets, no, that anxiety helps you get over the hump. It gives you something to work towards because you want to bring certainty into that uncertainty in your life. Anxiety is often perceived as negative, but it can be a very positive thing as well. There are times where anxiety can become very serious, and these can turn into anxiety attacks. This is when the manageability of our anxiety and the thinking, the crazy thought process down these weird rabbit holes becomes too much for us. Um, often we have physical symptoms of anxiety because our, we physically experience them anxiety in and through our body. We may experience rapid breathing, like I am right now, um, feeling like you're not getting enough air into your lungs, sweating, dizziness, lightheadedness, uh, insomnia, a headache, uh, poor concentration, shaking, nausea, and a knot in your stomach. And so to address anxiety, anxiety <laughs> it's a two-prong um, approach, is that how you say it? Two-prong approach, okay? One, you can address it through by, by calming the body down, all right? And then at the same time, addressing your thoughts and the distorted thoughts. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about both, okay? So when it comes to techniques to calming your body down, and these are going to seem very simple, but they're incredibly effective. One of them is um, deep breathing. It's a very real and effective way of managing anxiety. When we are really excited, when your heart is racing a lot, our breaths 
becomes very shallow. Okay. So the objective of deep breathing is to take deep breaths that expand the stomach and uh, stomach out so that we can loosen all the muscles in our chest. Deep breathing allows us to access the lower, air, the lower chambers in our lungs, which we access when we do exercise, which is why after we do exercise, we feel kind of calm and, and relaxed, um, which serves as a natural tranquilizer. So when we access these lower chambers in our lungs, it serves as a natural tranquilizer. So an easy example as to how to do deep breathing is you do six seconds in through your nose, where you're counting six seconds breathing in through your nose, and then six seconds out through your mouth. Controlling how fast you're breathing in and how fast you're breathing out is a great way and a very effective way of managing your anxiety. Another technique I often use, and over time I've gotten better at using it, is called the pelvic relaxation technique which um, the pelvic bone in your body that looks kind of like this, it's where your butt is, right? So if you focus on your pelvic bone and you think about, it's, it's easier to do when you're sitting down, when you're standing, it's a little harder. Um, so you focus on your pelvic bone and you relax that bone and it's connected to your spinal cord, which will immediately relax the rest, all the other muscles in, your, in the spinal cord. All right. So when we are experiencing a lot of anxiety, we are in our heads. We are all wrapped up in our thoughts, okay? And we become completely disconnected from what's going on in our bodies and often are unaware that these symptoms that come with anxiety are happening in our bodies. By focusing our attention onto the body, it automatically gets, out, gets us out of our heads, which lessens our anxiety. Now we're going to address the thoughts that um, significantly contribute and trigger our anxiety. So to cognition, okay, is the influence that refers to all negative thoughts we have when we experience anxiety. This is also known as automatic thoughts. And automatic thoughts occur so immediately, naturally, and habitually that we don't recognize them as distorted. Rather, we accept them as true. So the, th these common thinking patterns lead us to feel, no, lead us, <laughs> patterns, lead and feed our anxiety. To correct our thinking, we have to access three parts of the brain. So the emotional part of the brain, which usually becomes hijacked when we're anxious, and it's responsible for strong emotions. The language part of the brain, which activated when we try to describe the experience causing the emotional brain to be less active. So when we start talking to someone about, why we, about our anxiety or what's making us so anxious, it will immediately help calm us down because we're putting words and vocalizing these crazy thoughts that are in our head. And by doing so, it allows us to then access the problem-solving part of the brain to resolve whatever it's making us anxious. Um, so, okay. Do you want to? Are we done? Yeah. Okay. Oh, no, I have a little more. Oh, okay. Is that right? Yeah. No, of course.
I thought you were. Oh, okay. No, I was just tagging to see. Okay. Okay. So next, I'm going to describe um, frequently used distorted automatic thoughts that, and then strategies towards combating them. So it's important to know that if, as I describe these things, you think, oh, I do that, and I definitely do that one. And then that, that makes you anxious, right? Don't let that make you anxious. <laughs> because these are things that everybody does. And so it kind of helps normalizes these things that are going on in our heads. So the first one, it's called fortune telling. It is when we predict something bad is going to happen before it even does. I'm going to give you an example. Me thinking on Monday, I'm going to bomb this presentation, okay? I, right, okay. So then the strategy, or like you're going to bomb your finals, okay? So the strategy, or the antidote towards addressing this, is to question yourself until you clearly identify what the bad event is. And then, so in this case, it was me bombing this presentation. And then you challenge that negative thought by, in this case, let's say, I, I haven't done this presentation yet, so how can I predict in the future whether or not I'm going to bomb it because it hasn't happened yet? I can't read the future. Um, another thing is called uh, all or nothing thinking. And things are either, all or nothing thinking is either everything's black or white. So things are either perfect or a disaster. And this contributes to our anxiety by making us feel that everything must turn out absolutely perfect and anything less than that would be a complete catastrophe. Um, the response to this kind of thought process is to ask yourself, what are the real consequences if things turn out, don't turn out perfectly? And how can I cope with these consequences? And let me see. Um, another big one, should statements. So when people find themselves thinking in terms of I should or shouldn't or ought, um, like I shouldn't be doing this or he shouldn't be doing that, right? Okay. Such statements immediately un induce unnecessary guilt uh, because we should or ought to or must have to be different. So the strategy or the antidote to this is to substitute should statements with phrases such as, it would be nice if, or uh, where was I? I wish, let's say if you, like I shouldn't be sad, and then you think to yourself, well, I wish I wasn't sad. That feels different. And so it might seem like a subtle difference, but a slight change in wording can change the intensity of your feelings. Now, lastly, before I pass the baton over to Tracy, okay, um, the third and most significant aspect of anxiety is the behavioral side, okay, allow, because it allows, we allow fear to control our lives. Because anxiety feels so uncomfortable we tend to avoid situations that make us anxious to not feel it. And this may seem like a reasonable thing to do, but the reality is that avoidance only makes us, the anxiety grow worse. And then the more things that we avoid, the more, wait, the more you avoid something, the more likely you are to start avoiding more things over time. 
and it makes your world kind of grow smaller and smaller. So what's key here is that avoidance only makes anxiety worse. You must do the things that make you so afraid to overcome that fear. And to overcome those fears, it's good to do it quickly, um, which often points to an, an important truth that is thinking that is thinking Thinking that is thinking about something it's must, is much worse than actually doing it. Like me, thinking about this presentation is a lot worse than actually doing it. Um, yeah. So up next, Tracy's going to talk to us about mindfulness. Thank you. And you're so right. <laughs> that anticipation is what gives me the most anxiety always. Um, one of the ways that we have kind of learned that we can deal with anxiety in a really healthy way is to really develop the skill of mindfulness. And um, I'm just going to talk about that for a minute. Um, mindfulness is a, being a, it's having this awareness of the present moment right here with acceptance and non-judgment. And I want to stress that this is a practice where we are being mindful. We are not trying to be mindless or emptying our minds, anything like that. We are really tuning in to what is happening here and now. In practicing mindfulness, we are turning our attention to the moment. We are looking at the moment-by-moment -moment reality of time and space. And we are really tuning in to knowing that God is right here with us. And I have this quote. Um, to escape the distress caused by regret for the past or fear about the future, this is the rule to follow. Leave the past to the infinite mercy of God, the future to his good providence, and give the present wholly to his love by being faithful to his grace. And that's a quote from um, Jean-Pierre de Cassade, and he has this book called Abandonment to Divine Providence. And that's kind of what the practice of mindfulness is gonna really help you do. It's gonna help you be more open to God's will in your life, moment by moment. So as you're developing the skill of mindfulness, and it's, it's like a habit of being intentionally present um, and when you can develop the skill, you can get a little bit of space, a little bit of cushion um, in between like your soul, yourself, and whatever critical thoughts are going on up in here, because that's, for me at least, what leads to a lot of anxiety. And in that little bit of space, we can discover that freedom to really access our gift of free will and then we can decide what kind of behavior we're going to engage in and you know whether that's actually coming in doing this presentation that we didn't want to do um, also it can include rumination because that's a behavior as well when we choose to focus and worry and concern ourselves over and over and over about something that's also a behavior so um, and as Alethea said stress and anxiety will feed anxiety and so many times you'll just get stuck and you're just going 
deeper and deeper and deeper. And the more that you can practice grounding yourself, the less power that those cognitive distortions and critical thoughts are gonna have on you. So I'm gonna um, go through a few of these like different ways you can practice mindfulness and then we're gonna do an actual practice here, a little mindful meditation. So one idea is called the mindfulness of routine and basically the idea here is that you take just as something that you do every day, something that is very routine, like brushing your teeth. And you choose right before, you know, I'm deciding to brush my teeth, okay, I'm gonna be really present in this moment. And so as you're brushing your teeth, you really open your senses and you focus on the act of brushing your teeth. You focus on the smells. Maybe you breathe in the mintiness, you let it come into your nose, you feel that, and you might feel the tingling in your mouth of the toothpaste. You really feel, pay attention to the feel of the bristles on your teeth and on your gums, and it really just slows down your world, and it keeps you from, you know, you really have that experience of being present in the moment. And you can do that with, you know, pretty much anything. Um, but I like, I mean, to Everybody should be brushing their teeth, so that's a good example. <laughs> um, also, let's see, I've got a couple more here. So here's one, it's called the heroic minute. Um, when you're in times of stress and anxiety, it can be very, very attractive to just hit the snooze button when that alarm goes off. And um, maybe you don't even actually go back to sleep, but you're just laying in bed ruminating like you're half awake and you're just like, uh, and you're trying not to get up. So when you're in times of more, seasons of more stress, I really challenge you to like make yourself get up when that alarm goes off. And it doesn't mean you have to like hit the ground running, but even if you just roll out of bed and like lay on the floor or something, like just get out of bed. Because the moment you get out of bed, you're, you're doing something else, you're getting out of your head. And you know, you'll eventually wake up at some point after that. <laughs> and it's just such a waste of time to lay in bed half awake and be worrying about your day. Okay, another idea is to take a sacramental pause during the day. And this is just kind of setting aside some time for yourself during the day. Maybe put an alarm on your phone or something where you just take a second and just check in with yourself. Hey, you know, how am I doing right now? What am I thinking about? Where is, where is my attention right now? And is it helpful what I'm thinking about right now? Um, am I worrying? Am I ruminating? Um, what is at stake here? Am I safe right here in this moment? And, and kind of redirect yourself. What do I need to be paying attention to? Get really curious. What am I feeling? Why? What's going on? And if you do happen to notice some rumination, well, take a chance, take some, you know, take a chance to check in and say, why am I feeling this? And be merciful. Like, oh, I feel kind of sick to my stomach. Well, what am I thinking about? And um, just give yourself a little bit of kindness in that moment. Um, you can also redirect yourself, like, okay, I need to be thinking about something else. You say a short prayer, Jesus, I trust in you, and just do the next thing. You could um, listen to music. That's always a really helpful thing. 
Okay, this is a hard one. The next one is, if you find yourself feeling really stressed and anxiety and having lots of anxiety, one of the key things is to start to decrease your, your attention to technology. Um, we all know that it's not helpful, <laughs> even though it seems so attractive in the moment. If you can decrease your technology use, you will have some immediate relief right there. Um, and I was also gonna say the, the breath work, like Alethea mentioned, that's really helpful. And while you're doing that breathing, you can really focus on the sensations of the breath coming in and then exhaling and kind of feel it coming in through your body and out. And so now I'm gonna kind of, we're gonna practice that a little bit. I'm gonna lead you in a little present moment exercise. And this is something that you can, we're gonna practice right here and then you can do it whenever you want back at home. All right, so we're gonna get started. And the first step is to just, you can either stand or sit, You're probably gonna stay sitting. <laughs> and just allow your eyes to close and kind of get comfortable sitting in your seat, paying close attention. Go ahead and turn your attention back to your breath as you are inhaling and exhaling. And now call to mind the presence of God and know that he is right here with us. And know that he is willing every inhale and every exhale that you're taking. Ask him to help you recognize his presence right here and right now. Now I invite you to bring your awareness to your physical body. Focus on places of contact between your body and what is supporting it. Can you feel the wood behind you and under you? Can you feel the floor beneath your feet? Can you feel your hands resting on your thighs or on the wood beside you? And as we're doing this, thoughts will come into your mind and you can acknowledge them briefly and then just gently turn your focus back to your physical body and all of the sensations present there. And now we're gonna to begin to move your sensory focus to different parts of your body one at a time. And we're gonna spend about five seconds. So we're gonna start, see if you can feel your left toes. Really focus on your left toes. What do you feel around them? What are they touching? Now draw your awareness gently up your lower leg and then your entire leg and move up through your hip. And now feel your right toes. And gently draw your awareness up your right leg all the way up to your hips. And now expand your awareness. Feel the awareness drawing up your spine, moving back up over your neck, your head, into your shoulders, taking a deep breath. Sit in this expanded awareness of your whole body, knowing that you are a wholeness of body and soul, all of this. This is you, 
a beloved creation of Lord. Now bring your awareness down to the center of your body, to your heart. Feel the sensations of your breath moving in and out. And as we're doing this, try not to control your breath. Just be an observer. And again, thoughts might drift in, and that's okay. Just gently escort your focus back to the sensations of the breath coming in and then out. Try to follow one whole breath in and then out. And as our exercise ends, we're going to thank God. Thank him for this rest. We're going to ask him to remember, to help us remember his loving presence is with us moment by moment and breath by breath. And we are never alone. And come, come on back. <laughs> and that's pretty much it. <laughs>